Anchored is a production of the Classic Learning Test, based in Annapolis, Maryland, reconnecting knowledge and virtue. Visit us at cltexam.com. Hello, and welcome back to the CLT offices. We're glad you're here. Today, we're joined by Ron Zhang, Headmaster at Providence Academy. Mr. Zhang received his BA in Religion with a Biblical Studies emphasis from Azusa Pacific University in 1991 and a Master of Divinity from North Park Theological Seminary in 1997. Mr. Young has taught at a variety of settings which include church, school, home, and the university. His loves include scripture, theology, classical Greek and Roman literature, coaching football, gardening, and spending time with his wife and five children. If this is your first time listening to us, I'd like to take a little bit of time to explain what Anchored is. This is a podcast where our CEO, Jeremy Tate, engages in conversations with leading thinkers on issues at the intersection of education and culture. We appreciate your feedback, so please rate and review this episode and send any questions or comments to anchored at cltexam.com. For more information on CLT's mission and details about upcoming test dates, head to www.cltexam.com slash get started. Now, without any further ado, let's get on with the conversation. Welcome back to the Anchored Podcast, the official podcast of the Classic Learning Test. Today, we are here with Mr. Ron Jung, who is the headmaster at Providence Academy in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Mr. Jung and his wife, Wendy, have been involved in classical Christian education from the time their oldest son began first grade in 1999. A native of California, Mr. Jung received his BA in religion with a biblical studies emphasis at Azusa Pacific University in 1991 and an MDiv from North Park Theological Seminary in 1997. Mr. Jung has had a variety of things and settings, which includes the church, school, home, and the university. His loves include scripture, theology, classical Greek and Roman literature, coaching football, gardening, and spending time with his wife and five children. Mr. Jung began teaching at Providence Academy in 2010 and took the role of head of school in 2013. He and his family are members of Jacob's Well Church, a Presbyterian Church in America Church in Green Bay, where he is an ordained elder. Ron, thank you so much for being with us today. Thanks for having me. I got to tell you, I have a deep love in my heart for Green Bay, Wisconsin. I, I just grew up with just loving to watch Green Bay, Lambeau Field. And then in 2004, in December, I got to go to Green Bay, watch Brett Favre, uh, was tailgating with people, and it was like eight degrees and snowing and windy. It was just an incredible uh, adventure. So I, I haven't been back since, but uh, I hope to visit Providence Academy one day. Yeah, absolutely. You got to come. I, I, so I grew up in California and I remember watching the Packers and the, the, you know, the frozen tundra. And I thought those people are crazy, you know, <laughs> put in the stand. Yeah. And, uh, I moved out here and I got invited to a Monday night game against the Vikings and it was seven below zero uh, <laughs> sometime after yeah. that time. And I realized I'm one of those crazy people. I just had a blast. So, yeah. I love yeah. it. I, I well, I love football, and the Packers are my my team that I root for. 
So I, I've talked to a number of heads of school to be a head of school and a football coach or a former football coach is, is pretty unusual. I don't know if I've seen that combination before. <laughs> yeah, it is kind of weird. I, I tend to be bigger than most of the headmasters. <laughs> heads of school, I mean, but yeah, I, uh, I lo- had a love for football. I played through high school and college and uh, began coaching football right out of College uh, in varsity level high school. And then in Green Bay, when my kids were old enough, I started coaching middle school football. And wow, okay. Did, did that for a number of years. But um, my, my goal is to retire someday and be the head football coach of Providence Academy when we're, we have our own football team. Okay, okay. But uh, where did you play college ball? Uh, Azusa Pacific University. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. So do you remember you, you remember Christian Okoye, the Nigerian nightmare? Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. So I blocked Huge. him. I blocked for him in college. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. So it's a big a big man to take down. Okay. So you, you were playing O liner. I was. Yeah. I played uh, offensive guard uh, through high school and first three years of college, and then my senior year they moved me out to left tackle, okay. which which was. Boring in some regards, but I, I also like the challenge of blocking their best pass rusher. You know, what's interesting. My, my brother-in-law is a head football coach and I coached with him for a couple of years, but I, I'm convinced that where, where mainstream education has kind of abandoned the hard work of moral formation and character development, yeah. that the one place that's still happening is on the field yeah. in the football field in particular. Yeah. You know, it's, it's formative in a way that students are not getting that anywhere else. Uh, Ron, I'd love to chat with you first about kind of your own formation, academic formation, and then your discovery of classical Christian education. Yeah, absolutely. So I grew up, my, my dad was a pastor in a, um, uh, in a poor area of the San Francisco Bay Area, um, Vallejo, and we lived on the Napa County side of things. So my, my, up, my education through grammar school and into, um, yeah, was pretty poor. Uh, I was always a naturally curious person. I love to read. Um, I got to Napa, um, you know, bust up to Napa for junior high and senior high. I, I found myself in all the bonehead classes because of where I came from. Uh, my teachers kept saying you need to be in these other courses, but it never happened until my 10th grade English teacher said, there's an honors English class. I, I want you to take the test to get into it. So I'm in bonehead English and all the college prep kids are taking the same test. And I got in and uh, that I feel like that's where my eyes became <laughs> open to uh, the, the world of uh, literature. Wow. And um, like I said, I always read, but I read, you know, I didn't read a lot of good literature I was reading. Um, although I, I'll take that back from seventh grade on, I fell in love with Tolkien and I, I read the Lord of the Rings over and over. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, but uh, it was in uh, honors English in 11th grade when I started reading poetry because they forced hmm. us to. And, um, and I found, I loved it. I just couldn't tell anyone. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're a football player. You got an image to maintain. That's right. That, that's right. I remember our, our teacher would, uh, would complain about the, the, the dumb jocks in his, you know, in one of his classes and he'd stop and he'd go, no offense, Ron. And I, and I would go, you know, <laughs> no offense taken. Yeah. Um, 
but I, but I learned, uh, I learned a great love for, uh, literature, uh, good literature, especially Shakespeare, um, fascinated me. Um, I be, I loved, um, you know, we read Steinbeck's, uh, grapes of wrath that, that yeah. took me on a turn where I wanted to read everything Steinbeck. Hmm. Um, I went to college and, um, began as a, uh, engineering major. I, I dreamed of being an astronaut when I was young. Uh, I think it was when I was in eighth grade, I realized I was already bigger than all the astronauts <laughs> and that, and that that's, you know, that's just not going to happen. So I thought, well, if I can design something that went up into space. So, uh, I, I went to Azusa Pacific. Um, I wanted to be an aerospace engineer. Um, my sophomore hmm. year, we took a little trip to, uh, Northrop, um, and there I saw what engineers did first, first time and realized I, I didn't want to be an engineer. So I, okay. I switched my major to math with a minor in, uh, uh biblical studies. Hmm. And, um, I, I was also involved with young life, uh, as a volunteer leader. And I began to feel like God was calling me into ministry. So I changed my hmm. major once again, a math minor with a, a major in uh, religious studies, biblical uh, studies emphasis. Okay. And I, th I think there was um, in learning to exegete scripture. Um, I got a, a, not only exegesis, but also looking at typology and, and, you know, the, just the depth um, mm. that you get from scripture uh, and the um, exposure to, you know, like Gilgamesh and, you know, Enuma Elish and other ancient um, Near Eastern mythologies, as well as, um, you know, some beginning to learn a little bit about Greek um, that really got me interested. So as I went on to seminary mm. and uh, study those things further, um, it, it just opened up my my eyes to not just the Bible, but also um, and making connections through reading scripture, but also seeing that in um, ancient literature. So, Ron, this is a combination that that is, I, I don't know. I mean, big football lineman, diehard Lord of the Rings fan, wants to be an aerospace engineer, math major, <laughs> yeah. youth minister, young life focus. I mean, you've got quite the Swiss Army knife. Uh, I, I was actually a young life convert going into my senior year in high school. So always oh, wonderful. excited to connect with young life folks as well. Um, and then let's talk about Providence Academy and congrats, sure. by the way. It sounds Thank like you. a huge milestone with breaking ground and, and a, a new building going up as well. This is we're, your, we're in our new building. In the new building. Yes. I mean, that is a beautiful building. I was just looking at the website as well. It's absolutely, you built it for beauty, it looks like. We did. Yes, we did. So, um, you, you know, Providence Academy was one of the uh, founding member schools of the AACCS. Um, hmm. Built in 1993 or started in 1993. Um, it uh, somewhere around the year 2000 ish, uh, it ended up having to drop the high school um, okay. for financial reasons. There's a, I believe there is some sort of rift between uh, some parents in the administration. Anyway, the, their number left and they dropped the high school program. So uh, I knew about Providence because. When my oldest son uh, was becoming school-aged, we, we thought that we would wait until he was six to go to school because he was a little um, 
squirrely, shall we say. <laughs> and he had a late July birthday. And we thought it wouldn't do any harm if we waited till he was six rather than five for kindergarten. And thinking I had time, like I had a whole year to figure out what we were going to do for his education. He started reading street signs hmm. on his own. And we were like, oh, no. He's yeah. learning to read. So we, we yeah. thought, well, we should teach him to read. So we started teaching him to read, even though he kind of was reading on his own. Okay. Um, the thing that uh, we found out that he really made him desire to read was Calvin and Hobbes. Mm. So I'm a huge Calvin and Hobbes fan. And we had yeah. all these, you know, books <laughs> and he kept wanting to know what it, what they were saying in the cartoons. And so he taught himself to read in that wow. at four, like what, mm. a, like, or just, you Incredible. know, as he was turning five. So we thought, well, we have to, it's this late in the game. We, we don't know what we're going to do. We'll just send him to school. So he went to, to a public school to kindergarten. We had a wonderful teacher. Um, but even there, we, we noticed that um, one, that they had a moral, they have morals mm. there. They're just not Christian morals. Right. So I yep. had a, my, my wife was walking down the, the hall and there are kids in the hall studying in groups. Um, and mm. one of them, you know, yelled out a few curse words um, in frustration. And the teacher who was sitting there watching did nothing. My wife looks at her and the teacher goes, oh, I know kids these days. And her response to this child who just cursed was try not to yell in the hall. Now, I know that if that same yeah. kid would have put an aluminum can into the trash can instead of the recycling bin. Yep. They would have corrected his behavior. Yeah. So we were, we were just looking at uh, all sorts of manner of, of um, issues. And the, and the big one was he came home saying, Oh yeah, we learned about, um, we learned about uh, Hanukkah. You know, he's always in kindergarten. They learned about Hanukkah. That's cool. There's a good Jewish community in green Bay, Wisconsin. Yeah. We, we talked about it. He talked about the menorah being lit and said, Hey, um, you know what? So that was a miracle, right? And he's, yeah, God, God did this. I said, did the teacher tell you that it was a miracle? No, but that's the only way, dad. I go, okay. Then, uh, then he learned about Kwanzaa and they had a Kwanzaa celebration. Um, I thought that was interesting. And then I waited for him to talk about Christmas and then they never talked about Christmas. Yep. And so I, so here's my son who's five, who knows the whole world changes because of the birth of Jesus Christ. Hmm. And it's not even talked about in school. Yep. And I realized that that he's made they, they've made education irrelevant to my child. Hmm. Um, and uh, I think it was. Um, oh, I can't remember. So this isn't my original thought here, but the the I read somewhere where it talked about the the biggest uh, problem with public education is that they make go, going through life without a um, a d divine. Uh, referent normal. Mm, yeah. In other words, uh, a, a, a student going through a secular education is taught that it's normal to not live with God. I, I, I love the way you're describing this story because it, it's almost like everybody or the vast majority of, I mean, I, I grew up in the public school system that we all came to believe even as believers that something really abnormal was normal because yeah. everybody was doing it. Yeah. And this this radical separation between right. what we learn on Sunday and then what we don't learn the rest yeah. of the week is arbitrary and very confusing to children. Yeah. So f 
I'm 55. So the, the grammar school I went to, like I said, it was a poor, horrible education in that grammar school. Um, and it was in a rough area. Like, you know, I, I have, I have classmates who were murdered. I have classmates who committed wow. murder, you know, that type of thing. Um, but if you said the Lord's name in vain on our, in our playground, you would be uh, sent to the principal's office, hmm. public school. Um, yeah. When I was a kid, um, you, uh, you didn't take the Lord's name in vain. Uh, blue laws were still in effect in our area. So you couldn't do anything on a Sunday. Um, there was just certain things that was part of it. We sang, we had Christmas vacation and Easter vacation. We, mm-hmm. we sang the, the kids sang Christmas songs or hymns um, at the Christmas concert. Mm. Right. And, and now in my lifetime, that's verboten, right? You can't do that. And it's crazy because the world still changes for Christmas. Everything still you know, they'll have fish on Fridays in Green Bay because of the heavily Catholic mm-hmm. area, <clears throat> but they just can't tell you why. It's, it's, <laughs> it's just it's yeah. just weird. So anyway, we we determined while he was in kindergarten, we're not we're going to do something different. Uh, I again, I'm, I'm a why guy, so I'm going mm-hmm. back to my philosophy of education. Yeah, folks, I, I kind of if there was a concentration in our MDiv program. There wasn't, but I, I did take extra electives mm. in Christian education. Um, I, I was looking through, okay, let's start with the end in mind. What, what kind of, what, what do we want our children to look like and to be like when they leave our home? And so my wife and I sat and talked about it and it had, mo- it was mainly about virtue, right? Mm. Uh, it wasn't about the kind of job he would get. It wasn't about the, um, you know, uh, college or, uh, scholarships or sports. It was about the kind of man he would become. And we thought, well, what would get us there? What's the, what method of education would get us there? And, um, and I discovered, um, classical education. I think it was Doug Wilson's book, uh, recovering the lost tools of learning. And I remember looking at that and going, this makes sense. Mm-hmm. So then I, I read Dorothy Sayers essay. I, I started just trying to find as many resources as I could to learn about it. And we're going, this is, this is what we want. And, um, Susan Wise Bowers book, um, uh, the, um, Oh, the well-trained mind at yeah. home, I think is the, the book I like going, okay, we mm-hmm. can let's homeschool and we're going to use this spine and we'll develop our, our own, classical Christian, you know, Mm -hmm. um, at the same time, when I was looking, I think I was, you know, uh, Netscaping because there was no such thing as Google back there. (laughs) You know, the uh, Netscape, I found out that there was a classical Christian school in town and I began to visit uh, Providence Academy. Um, We figured with my job as a pastor and how weekends are pretty much, you know, Mm -hmm. solo pastor, small church um, weekends are work, you know, if I'm going to have a lot of influence in my son's life, um, and, and plus I didn't get paid a lot. I thought let's homeschool. Um, and, uh, and so I could be one of his teachers. Uh, I took that list Susan Wise Bowers had and looked at all the books I had not ever read, you know, all these classical books, like, why haven't I read, I've never read Plato's Republic. I'd never read, um, you know, the, uh, uh, city of God. I'd never read, um, you know, all these 
Beowulf or you know, mm. Dante, I, I, all these things I'd never read. And I, and I kept thinking, why haven't I read these? So I thought, well, my son's young, I'm going to educate myself. So I, I made my list of books and I started plowing through them and then, uh, you know, and then reread them and reread them and, and mm-hmm. to, to get to the point when my son's in high school, I can be able to teach these great books to him. So when he got to be, um, you know, middle school age, um, uh, we're starting to read the better, these great books. And I thought there are a lot of other homeschool families that are doing similar things. Why don't I, uh, teach great books? So, um, so starting in ninth through, so ninth through 12th grade, I had this, uh, tutorial where I'd have kids from, uh, homeschool kids come in and we would read these books together. Um, you know, we do Socratic dialogues. We, you know, learn from these books and help them make connections. And we had just phenomenal, um, discussions. Mm. And so I, I mean, I was very hooked on classical education and, um, and bringing this into even my teaching and preaching in, in, Mm. uh, in, uh, on Sunday mornings was, uh, was, was great. So go, go ahead. Yeah, Ron, I was going to ask you, you know, on the website, something that really stuck out to me uh, is that you, uh, Providence Academy is described as more than Bible class and chapel. Yes. And uh, even as a, as a Catholic, uh, and knowing many Catholic schools that are religion class and maybe mass once a month, uh, I think what you're getting at is this fragmented uh, approach that's, that's not integrated around a central truth. Uh, can you speak about that? I I really like that language, by the way. Sure. So, um, so we're, you know, Christ is everything, right? He's, I'll, I'll tell you this real quick story and this will kind of bring in, I, I, we had some wonderful public school teachers and administrators in my church. And when we started homeschooling, it was a, a very awkward and, and it was almost, like um, they avoided the subject. Yeah, it was, it was really, it was really odd. And, and so the, um, the uh, administrator of uh, one of the local high schools here, um, he was the associate principal. He's principal now. Great guy, by the way. Um, he, he's, he says, okay, I, I want to just talk about the elephant in the room. You guys chose to homeschool. Why? Mm. And, and I, and I started off with the first thing was, um, well, you know, it, um, I think my wife and I would do a great job at it, right? My wife is incredibly smart. She was a national merit scholar. She's, she graduated college in three, you know, three years with a yeah one, one B plus in those three and a half years, three years, mm. you know, and, um, just, a and, and we, we do great. And they said, yeah, I think you guys would do great. And I said, second, um, with my job, I'm busy a lot on weekends. And if I'm homeschooling, there's a lot more flexibility for me to be more involved in the life of my family. Mm. There's like, Oh, yeah, that's, yeah. that's good. And then I, then I'd said this, I said, and plus I want, I, I want their education to be relevant. And then, Oh, well, what do you mean by that? And I said, well, there are some basic truths. Um, God created all that there is. Um, can you teach that at your school? And they, he said, no, I go Mm. another basic truth. 
Um, Jesus is Lord and every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord. Do you teach that at your school? And he said, no. And I said that everything you're doing is irrelevant. And that caused some pause. Very powerful. Um, yeah. Right. So if my, my children are growing up in a, in a world in which those things are some sort of weird opinion my parents have hmm. and the, and, and real life is this mess out here. Yep. <laughs> do, do you know what I'm saying? It, it, I can't, I can't do that. Um, and so this is why we, we homeschooled. And then as we're, as we take the, uh, I took over at Providence. Um, I mean, this is the idea. It is Christ is in all life. Mm. So when we talk about math and order, we, we talk about Christ as the logos of God. Uh, he holds everything together. Mm. Um, these things make sense. We, we know that, um, you know, the idea of knowledge is being this uh, apprehension of truth that, and particularly the essence of things. Right. So if I take, if I take a, 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 a toddler and I, and I show him my pen, right. I, and I said, Hey, this is a pen. And I teach him that that's a pen for the rest of his life. He can go and find pens and they might look completely different, different shapes, different colors, different, but they know what a pen is. They, they have the, God has given us the, the innate ability to know the essence of a thing, the truth of a thing. Hmm. Right. And, um, and so what, what we want to do say, say at Providence Academy is we want kids to be able to apprehend truth and to know truth and to understand it and et cetera. Um, we live in a world right now where they don't believe that truth corresponds with reality. Uh, we, we live in a world right now that it's a, it's a language game. Mm-hmm. So what they want to do is teach people, impose a particular language about things hmm. um, yeah. that, that isn't reflective of reality. Right. So, so you can't kill babies, but if you call it a fetus, you can, hmm. you can't, um, I, I don't this is, I'm hoping this is okay on your podcast, oh, but I fire away. <laughs> absolutely. absolutely. Do, do, you, do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. Every, every child will know that some, someone's a boy or a girl, unless they're told otherwise. Mm. I mean, you have to be taught this un, unreality. Yeah. And, and so what we want to do is have a school that's teaching reality as it is, mm. right? This is how. It sounds how, very abolition of man right there. Yes. Doesn't yeah. it? Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, and, and, and we believe that uh, things are sublime <laughs> going back to the abolition of man. Right. The, yep. So we, we, um, so the, the, the culture of our school, we want it to be um, Christian Christ centered um, mm. are it. And it's not just teaching about it in Bible class. It's evident in all the things we do. So um how we discipline students, how we uh, treat one another, how we, um, you know, walk down the halls uh, quietly, you know, how boys open the doors for the girls, how, you know, mm. that's a hard sell in Green Bay, Wisconsin, by the way. Uh, it's just weird, you know, too many, <laughs> I, I've been told too many farm yeah. kids, you know, that just, you know, come on, whatever. Um, but we're, we're, we're trying to impress on our children, the, the, way God has made things and living in accordance with those things make hmm. our lives uh, good flourish. Um, 
Ron, I want to go back to, to a conversation we were having just a, a few minutes ago, your experience with the PCA. I, I was actually under care in the Presbyterian Church in America uh, in the New York Metropolitan Presbytery uh, okay. at a Tim Keller Redeemer Church plant there uh, before I, I uh, became the black sheep of my seminary and converted to Catholicism. But I, uh. I do love, uh, I have a lot of great Reformed friends. But as, as I reflect back on the conversations around education within the PCA, Right. And, uh, you know, when I was at a Annapolis EP church, there was kind of three groups. There was a, a public school group, a homeschool group, really four groups. One that had their kids at Rockbridge, which is a classical Christian school, yeah. and another at a, an ACSI kind of a, a school. Um, and it was, um, we weren't talking about it well as a, as a church. You know, yes. it did create some animosity and some fragmentation. Yeah. Um, how can the body of Christ go about, uh, you know, I, I believe truly that you and your family came to the right conclusion. I, I don't believe all opinions are equal. I don't believe the conclusion that we can just send our kids to uh, schools that deny, as you exactly as you put it, the most fundamental truth about the universe yes. and to not think it's a big deal because everybody else is doing it. How do you, how would you recommend folks who are listening uh, to have these conversations in their parish, in their church, in their, in their faith community? Uh, with love. Um, I I mean, I was being very direct to when I was pastoring and uh, very direct in that, um, in that context, I think it was probably appropriate. Um, I think meeting people where they're at and helping them. I mean, I, I I don't get brownie points in heaven because I have a classical Christian school, (laughs) uh, you know, admitting that there's, um, you know, uh, not every kid who goes through my school is going to be a believer. You know, um, I, there's no guarantee with that. And there are going to be kids who go through the public schools who are awesome saints of the Lord at some point, you know? Yeah. Um, but if you, if you play the, the, uh, the, um, the, the question I, I try to get to is, is, um, uh, as, a uh, as parents, what are your obligations to your, to God and to your children? Hmm. And how is that being played out in the education that you're giving, getting them? And I think that's, that's the part where I, I want to get to, I think what um, if we're talking about it in a purely pragmatic way, um, that's not going to win the argument. Um, the, the question is, is what's, what's the right thing to do for your family? Mm-hmm. And there might be some who go, I mean, I, one of the things that um we've been talking about is, uh, special needs, you know, kids with, uh, um, uh, intellectual disabilities. I mean, what do you, how do we do that? There's, there's no place for, uh, Christian families, uh, in green Bay right now, uh, other than the public schools and the goals that they have for kids and with special needs are, mm. are often extremely low. Um, I just, we just had a, a parent who who's interested in this, um, went out to Trinitas in uh, Santa Clarita, California. They have a mm-hmm. school within a school called Imago Day, you know, mm. and, and looking at that. So I know that right now there are some parents, they don't feel like they have the options. Um, and, and I think what it would be really good if the church made more of a commitment to say, we want to guide you in this in terms of the education of your children. And we want to make it possible for your kids to get a Christian education whether it's through homeschooling, whether it's through a, a private Christian school, you know, um, or, or somehow that it's that they're 
what we're doing is we're not just guilting them into doing what everyone is saying you should do, <laughs> but enabling them uh, to, to do that. Um, Jacob's well, where I'm at is, is, is interesting because it's a church plant. Okay. And so the, the, the people that we're hoping to come to our church are either not believers or new believers. Mm-hmm. And it's very, it would be a very difficult conversation to start with. You should be going to, <laughs> you know, you need to pull your kids out and go to privacy. Yeah. So it's, um, and, and we've been, we've been very mindful of that. And it's, uh, and it's, uh, so that it's a part of a discipleship process, I believe, hmm. you know, it's, it's just a hard, um, it's just always hard. I, mean, I, I have a family that was a dear friends who uh, left because they felt, uh, some very, uh, offended by what another family said about kids going to public school mm-hmm. and, uh, and they just, they chose to leave and find somewhere else. But um, yeah, so I, I, I think one of the things that parents don't realize is how bad it is. It's, it's, yeah. it's the, 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 the fall of education in America is grown exponentially. So um, I'll give you an example. My, yeah. my, my, my daughter uh, who graduated last year, um, she's at Providence Christian college out in Pasadena. So she chose oh, look at it. Yeah. Classical okay. Christian school. So that's kind of cool. Um, but she was, uh, when Young Life started at Bayport High, you know, yeah. the, it's a local high school here. Um, a lot of the leaders were from from uh, Jacob's Well. Uh, they asked her to be a part of it. So they had kind of this kid on the inside, even though she was mm-hmm. a full-time student at Providence Academy, she was glad to do it. And she, you know, kind of became a leader within the Bayport Young Life. Um, she had a gal that came to, to want to have coffee with her. She was a junior and my daughter was a senior and I had coffee. And she just mentioned to her that um, she was having a lot of hard time because she broke up with her girlfriend and then started dating a boy and all her friends abandoned her. Hmm. And she was very confused by that. And then she asked, well, how do you know you're not a lesbian if you're not sleeping with girls? And how do you know if you're heterosexual, if you don't sleep with boys? And my daughter opened up the Bible to Genesis one and talked about mm-hmm. how God made us male and female and that the two should become one and that sex is banned. You know, it's, this is how God made us and, and for the purpose of having kids and, you know, having this house. And her response was, well, that makes sense. Yeah. Think, think of the damage that is being done to the souls of countless children right now, because they don't even know. They don't even know. Um, and, you know, so I, I, I'm just, uh, it just tears me apart. I, I mean, it really does. I, I can't imagine me. My, my dad was a uh, Marine sniper in Vietnam. And, and I remember the, the hard talks we'd have sometimes where he'd take me aside and, and he'd say, you know, you're, you're a man, start acting like one. Uh, yeah. you know, live up to this thing that, that you were made to be. And I, I can't imagine if, if he said, we, we don't know if you're a boy or a girl, that's for you to decide, you know, right. which is, yeah. 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 We talk about, um, you know, tr- training, like, so you, you look at, you know, a Spartan child versus an Athenian child, right. You know, mm-hmm. you're, you're, tr- you're training, um, 
you're, you're training these uh, kids for a particular purpose. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, and, you know, I'm not going to say that either one of them were great, but at least they understood that there's an essence to uh, being male or female and they train them in that way. You know, I, I like to talk about like, um, I, I love dogs, right? We have a sheep, a doodle right now. And it's not, <laughs> it's not my favorite, um, <laughs> you know, the, the, the instinct that these, uh, the sheep dogs have to herd, right. Yeah. They, they herd and nip. So, you know, you know, when you have kids and they're running across the field and they all, they run <laughs> for you and try to nip you to get you to do something. It's very hard to train a, them away from hmm. their natural instinct. Yeah. The same, the same time, if I had a sheepdog and I didn't train them to be a, sh to, sh to herd well, they're not going to, they're just going to be a, a nuisance. So here's this, here's the sheepdog. That's got this uh, amazing potential because of the virtue of being a sheepdog. But if you don't train them to be a sheepdog, they're not going to do it. Hmm. It's the same way with, uh, in our fallen world, um, boys need to be trained to be men and girls need to be trained to be women. And if you, if we think that we can't do that, if we just are supposed to let them decide, hmm. I mean, the, 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 what are we doing to this, to a generation? I mean, it's cultural suicide. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. I, I can't think of any other way to put it. Um, Ron, t tell us uh, about the goals, your goals as head of school for Providence classical. You have a high school now. Um, what are your, your goals for the next three to five years? So this is really weird because um, <clears throat> I'm, I'm actually transitioning out of my role as headmaster. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know that's kind of weird. So, yeah. um, so I, I've been at it 10 years here. We, we started the high school. We just graduated our fifth graduating class um, yep. this last year. And uh, we got our building um, uh, up. It's beautiful. Again, it's geared towards that. Um, towards beauty, right. And giving that the students a, a way to, um, uh, they're coming here because it's something serious that's taking place. It looks like a church because soul work happens here. It's not, yeah. it's not built like a cubicle where you're mm. just going to be trained to be a, a producer or something. Amen. Um, so what, one of the things, there are a number of things that, um, as our school has grown and as our school is um, doing well, um, my role has become more and more administrative, more and more time because we have more faculty, we have more parents, we have more, right? And, and if we're going to do other things, I, I don't have the capacity. So what we'd like to do is, you know, plant other grammar schools to feed into our upper school. Um, by the nature of a classical school, you have the grammar, the logic, the rhetoric, and the older yeah. a student is, the less likely they'll be able to transfer in or succeed. So what you have is, um, you know, whoever starts in kindergarten isn't necessarily going to finish, right? Twelve For someone mm -hmm. to live in the same place for 12 years or, you know, that type of thing. So what we want to do is have feeders to to make our school strong. Um, and we'd love to, you know, love to have a place where we have special needs, kind of like the Imago Dei in, in Santa Clarita. Um, we, we even see there's an ACCS uh, initiative to look at uh, a K through 14 option. Hmm, where yeah. We're at the end of 14 years, you have a bachelor's degree. I think that would be tr tremendous. So 
there's all these things vision wise. And, and frankly, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a vision guy and not a checking the box guy. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and, and so what, what we're doing is we're going to, um, we're going to transition. So this next year um, I will, I will be the lead teacher of the upper school and, okay. and teach um, almost full-time, not quite full-time, almost full-time and giving me some uh, capacity then to do the next thing, right? Part of that's going to be raising support. Part of that's going mm-hmm. to be uh, getting the people together who want to, to plant or, or uh, that type of thing. And, um, and our grammar school principal, our upper school principal, and the executive committee of the board are going to handle a lot of those operational things that a headmaster yep. does as they search for a new headmaster. Okay. Okay. Well, well, congratulations on time <laughs> well served in that role. And, and I'm sure you're excited to be back in the classroom more. Uh, Ron, oh, yeah. final, final question for you. Yes. Anchored podcast, uh, that one book that's been most uh, formative, influential for you. What is that? Okay. I, do I have to do one? Well, most people don't actually. We ask okay. for one and most people name several. Yeah. And you know, besides the Bible, I always have to say that too, because I, yeah. you know, that probably happens too. There's, so there's, there's, there's two books I think that were um, pretty influential. I think one was uh, Augustine's Confessions. Hmm. And gotcha. um, the, the part of that is, um, you know, I, I grew up in a Christian home and in high school, I, um, I, I did not follow the Lord very well and, mm-hmm. uh, got involved in all sorts of manner of, you know, not so good things and partying and that type of thing. And, um, I think that most of my Sunday school teachers taught me moralism, mm. you know, this is wrong because you're going to, it'll have bad effects. And, um, and I partied uh, and developed really good friends, had a lot of fun, enjoyed everything, and never suffered a bad consequence of it. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Totally, yes. Yeah, it, it yeah. just was. It was like completely different from what I thought was going to happen. Okay. And now long term, I would say probably that would not go well for me. What happened is, is I began to miss God. Hmm. And, uh, and the idea of forming it, like I, I either... Um, do I, do I love Jesus more than my sin? And, uh, the answer was I, I began to long for him. I was, I was, uh, desperate, uh, to be connected with him. And so what I did was I tried my hardest to be good and to no effect. What I, what I had to do was to, uh, give up and, uh, repent and ask for him. Um, I, I think my prayer was, um, uh, I can't do this. If you want me, you're going to have to do it. And mm. then I, I got up from my knees and walked away. And then, and then he, that's when I became reformed. Uh, it, <laughs> no, mm-hmm. but it was, it was this, uh, pure grace. And, wow. and I think, um, I connected a lot with Augustine, you know, and that the pear, you know, um, tree and, um, and this whole idea of desiring God and loving him. And uh, one of the things that I, I repeat often to our teachers is um, our, our kids need to know Jesus, right. Mm-hmm. And familiar with Jesus. And, and I, and I, I kind of wish that our church would, would have a liturgical cycle 
where you're constantly focused on the life of Jesus and the teaching, mm-hmm. you know, what he did and what he was like. And, you know, the epistles are great, right? But we need more Jesus. Um, and, uh, and then also to, to be able to have, um, to be able to talk about the experiences we have um, with him in, in ways that, you know, are, <clears throat> um, you know, are, are more real. Like, I don't feel like Augustine pulls punches. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> the second, the second one is going to be really weird because no one's ever heard of this book. It's called an offering of uncles. I have not. By, yeah. By Capon, right. The, he, everyone knows the marriage supper of the, or knows the uh, uh, supper of the lamb or uh, his yeah. parables, <clears throat> but he wrote a book um, published in 1967 called an offering of uncles. Hmm. And it gave me a, 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 a vision of what it meant to have dominion um, and to, um, to, how my daily life of work um, matters to God. Mm. And um, it's a, it's one of those books. Whenever I find a copy, I buy it so I can give it away. Okay. <clears throat> and um, yeah, it's funny. So I know my kids are going to listen to this, my own, my own students, because I know at least one of my sons has not read the book, even though I gave it to him. <laughs> <laughs> like it's, 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 it's interesting. I, I mentioned that there's a, a, a dad here at the school um, who was, uh, we were talking about, um, books that influence and his, and he talked about, I said, mentioned the offering of uncles and he goes, Oh yeah, that's my dad's favorite book. He always gives it away when he finds it. And I go, I go, well, what did you think of it? He goes, I don't know. I've never read it. I go, wait, your own father has a book that's meant so much to his life that he gives it away to people and you've never read it. And he goes, yeah, I guess I should read it. And so we read it, right? We read it. And it's just, it's such a great book. Uh, he talks yeah. about the priesthood of Adam and the lifting up of all things. So when, we, hmm. when we're working and building, it's an, it's an oblation to the Lord. It's a lifting up to him hmm. and uh, uh, lifting up our civilization, lifting up as our school was going up. I, I kept thinking of it in that terms, which a lifting up to the Lord. It's his. And um, anyway, it's yeah. a powerful book. Ron, you have a very pastoral heart, and I know the good work you're doing at Providence Academy is born uh, out of a love for Christ uh, and therefore a love for students as well. Uh, thank you for the work you're doing. Uh, congrats on the, the new beautiful building as well, and uh, we yeah. look forward to seeing you at the ACCS conference this summer. Absolutely. I can't wait to meet you. Thanks, Jeremy. Thanks, Ron. Thanks for listening to this episode of Anchored. If you enjoyed it, be sure to subscribe and share it with your friends and colleagues. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time.